Father, we worship you, we praise you, we love you, and we are in awe of you. We are in awe of how you are able to be a lion and a lamb, a God of wrath, wrath and justice, and a God who is meek and loving. And Father, as we meditate on your word right now, as we, as we turn our hearts and point them towards you, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be present with us that you yourself would be ministering to us in our homes where we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Andrea and Michaela, Clay, Malcolm, Uncle Peter, for leading us in worship. I thought it's such a beautiful day. Let me rather record outside. So good evening to everyone. I, I hope and pray that you can declare with me, despite all of the challenges that we are facing now, that it is well with your soul today. I also hope that you have been able to follow along with the series that we have been sharing with the Explore congregation related to racism. As we know, racism is not an easy topic to speak about, but we do recognize it as a gospel issue and that makes it important enough for us to devote time and focus on this issue that has shaped our country, it has shaped our communities, and it has to a large extent shaped our relationships. We also recognize that a few sermons and conversations won't make the problem go away, but it does go a long way in helping us deal with it. So today we are starting a new series and we are picking up from where we left off in our series on the early church. In our series on the early church we looked at the birth, the growth, adversity and struggle of the early church, the power of the early church, and then we looked at how the, the book of Acts, the story of the early church, started coming to an end and why that was significant to us. In our final sermon on the early church, we looked at how and why the book of Acts ended in the way that it does. We noticed that it ended kind of abruptly, and it ended in a way that communicated the message to be continued. And in the continuation of the story of the life of the church, we become involved. And in our own stories, we hear Jesus call us. And we become characters in the story of the life of the Bride of Christ today. And in the future, future believers will look back on the life of the church now. And they will talk about how we handled challenge, how we handled and responded to social justice. How did we work by the power of the Holy Spirit to bring kingdom here? Our new series that will take the form of the letters, um, of letters written to the evening congregation at Pinelands Baptist Church starts this evening. And these letters will include messages of encouragement, messages of challenge, teaching, and other issues as we continue to follow Jesus. So here is our first letter. And it reads as follows. I send this letter to you in God's church at Pinelands. Believers cleaned up by Jesus and set apart for a God-filled life. 
I include in my greeting all who call out to Jesus wherever they live. He's their master as well as ours. May all the gifts and benefits that come from God our Father and the Master Jesus Christ be yours. Every time I think of you, I thank God for your lives of free and open access to God given by Jesus. There is no end to what has happened in you. It's beyond speech, beyond knowledge. The evidence of Christ has been clearly verified in your lives. Just think, you have all you need. You don't need a thing, you've got it all. All God's gifts are right in front of you as you wait expectantly for our Master Jesus to arrive on the scene for the finale. And not only that, but God himself is right alongside to keep you steady and on track until things are all wrapped up by Jesus. God, who got you started in this spiritual adventure, shares with us the life of his Son and our Master, Jesus. He will never give up on you. Never forget that. I pray that this letter finds you all in good health. This coronavirus pandemic is wreaking havoc all over the world. Currently in our very own South Africa, we have 310,000 people who are infected and 4,400 people have died. I personally have lost a family member to this disease. We must continue to follow along with the measures being taken to slow the spread of the virus. What we are experiencing is, however, not entirely unprecedented when we consider history. In the global influenza epidemic of 1918, 50 million people around the world died. People felt symptoms in the morning and were dead by nightfall. Bodies were picked up from front porches to be carted away to graves dug by bulldozers. A man was shot for not wearing a mask. Schools were closed. Preachers and pastors spoke of Armageddon. But the past is warning, not fate. So we can consider this time, this season, as a, as a space when the fragile form of this world is felt. The seemingly solid foundations are shaking. A question that many people, even believers, are asking is, where is God in all of this? I want to remind you that God is present. The presence of the Lord is here. It is true that we shouldn't be driven by our emotions when it comes to our trust in God, because Scripture clearly tells us that the righteous shall live by faith in Romans 1 and verse 17. And faith, and without faith, it is impossible to please God in Hebrews 11 and verse 6. So we shouldn't have to feel God to know that He's there. But I must admit that I know how you feel if you find yourself discouraged at times because it seems like God just isn't present. Unanswered prayer, a series of disappointing events, 
where betrayal by someone close to you can cause you to think that God has forgotten about you. Other times we get so busy with our day-to-day -day lives that we feel guilty that we are not doing enough for Him to want to be around us. But because God has promised He will never leave us nor forsake us, in Hebrews 13 and verse 5, we can be assured of His constant presence whether we are struggling with a painful situation or just being too busy to notice that He is near. Now when God feels far away, I want to remind you of a few ways from Scripture that you can experience and sense His presence. And the first is confession. Psalm 32 offers us several powerful reasons to confess our sins and shows us the consequences of unconfessed sin. Sometimes you can't sense God's presence because there's something blocking the communication between the two of you. He hasn't left. But your sensitivity to His presence might be affected by unconfessed sin in your life. David, the psalmist, said about his sin, and I quote, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. That's Psalm 32 verses 3 to 5. If you feel that God isn't around because the two of you haven't talked in a while or because you've avoided the thought of him for so long confess to God what's on your heart and mind and ask him to give you an ear to hear his voice again 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 tells us if we confess our sins he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When your fellowship with him is restored, the communication can flow again. So get clean through the forgiveness of Christ and let it flow. Then I want to encourage you to continue your quiet time. And if you've grown cold here, pick it up again. When you spend time with God's inspired word, you will sense his power and his presence. The Bible says God's word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword in Hebrews 4 and verse 12. That sharp sword will either make you aware of its weight or prick your heart through conviction, inspiration or determination. I also want to remind you of worshipping the Lord in song or playing an instrument in praise, especially now that we aren't coming together because of restrictions related to the coronavirus pandemic. God inhabits the praises of his people. Ever wondered why you sometimes feel closer to God when you're in a church service, 
singing hymns or praise songs. When you start praising him, regardless of where you are, you'll sense his presence. Probably because you are no longer focused on yourself, but on him. When we open the door of our hearts to love him, he will meet us there. Scripture also says there is power in the name of Jesus because salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Acts 4 and verse 12. So say his name aloud as the answer to all that you seek, as the source to calm your soul, as the one whose presence you long for, and you will sense the power of his presence and his peace. There are times we need him, but we just don't know what to say or where to start. Start by saying his name and then speak your heart's cry. Pastor Craig often begins his prayers with, Come, Lord Jesus. Or simply say, Jesus, I need you. Our prayers don't need to be complex or long. God is aware of our needs even before we ask. So we should just ask. Then the value of the gift of exercise, of being able to move, and just being outside, has also become of notable value in realizing God's presence. Exercise brings your body, your mind, and your heart to life. I have noticed how just going for a walk with a friend can lift my spirit. So when the weather allows it like today, get outside, move around, and while you are doing that, confess to him what's on your heart and let him waken you up spiritually. Sometimes we struggle to sense God's presence because there's too much of everything else going on. Too much noise. Too much quiet. Too much screen time. Too much confusion. Too many thoughts running rampant in our minds. Too much anxiety. Let me encourage you to center your mind on Him and remember to be still and know that he is God. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy elbow. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are present with us and that you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you that you are waiting for us to meet with you. Thank you that your door is always open for us. So as we step into this week, we ask for opportunities to meet with you. So remind us by the power of your Holy Spirit that you are present. In Jesus' name.